Blog Talk Radio. everybody and welcome to Violet Reiki Radio. We had a bit of Mercury retrograde about three minutes ago, (laughs) but we are out of it and all is well. And I am broadcasting, I hope. Um, (laughs) I have not opened my chat room yet because everything is kind of up in the air, a little bit crazy. Mercury retrograde must go out with a bang. I mean, if nothing else, it must go out with the bang. So, um, you know, it, it's kind of hanging on a bit, but uh, we can circumvent this. I can circumvent this. I'm absolutely positive. And uh, we will bring you the show tonight. I would first off like to welcome all of you who are listening, who have tuned in, and uh, to Violet Reiki Radio. And I'm your host, Rose Jimenez, and I am a Reiki Shihan. I teach and uh, use four methods of Reiki. Uh, three are Western, and the fourth one is Japanese, Komi Reiki Kai. And um, I just love Reiki. I have loved Reiki for the past 12 years that I am practicing, and think it is the best thing, as they say, since sliced bread. And uh, I've seen Reiki work tremendous miracles on many people for many different uh, issues and problems. I've seen Reiki work miracles on animals. I firsthand saw Reiki work a miracle on a thoroughbred racehorse who was slated to run the Kentucky Derby, but almost did not because he had come down with a fever from an infection he had. And they were saying he may not have made the race, the Kentucky Derby. And um, 
part of his team got a hold of me and sent me a photo of him, and I did distance Reiki on the horse, and he did indeed run the Kentucky Derby. This is a couple of years ago. Did not win the Derby, but he got to run. The important thing is both the uh, owner and the trainer wanted him to at least run in the Derby so badly. The trainer, that was like his life's dream to have a horse that he trained run in the Derby. And um, he did. He ran. So I, I can't say enough good things about Reiki. I can't tell you enough wonderful stories about Reiki. And um, this is why I do what I do. And I'm very thankful to the founders of the Sacred Network who have given me this opportunity to bring this show to the public where we discuss Reiki and all things Reiki, things surrounding Reiki, its discovery, roots, practice, and more. Reiki is a universal life force energy. It is an intelligent energy of love and wholeness. It understands the cause of problems and what healing is necessary. Reiki energy has a wisdom of its own, healing and balancing all aspects of a person's mind, body, emotions, and spirit. Reiki is a blessing and instantaneously conferred sacred potential for healing protection, and personal and spiritual development. If you have any questions about Reiki, I invite you to visit my site, which is violetrosereiki.com. And if you'd like, if you have any specific questions that you don't see addressed on the website, there's a lot of information on my website, um, feel free to send me a an email you can address the email to rose at violetrosereiki.com, and I would be very happy to answer your questions regarding Reiki. You can also find me on Facebook as Violet Rose, and on Facebook, I have a page that's called Reiki Ward. Reiki Ward was started nearly three years ago, and the intention was to make Reiki healing accessible globally to all. This is for humans and for animals alike. So feel free to put a request into Reiki Ward. You do it the same way that you would, you know, put up a post on one of your friends' walls. And just put what your request is, and we will take it from there. Uh, Reiki Ward then takes that post, and we post it on the ward for the practitioners to see, and everyone gets started on it. Once the request comes in, we put your, we do distance Reiki on your request. Then that request, a little slip of paper we use, that request goes onto our healing crystal grid for 24-7 energy work and healing. And we have grown in the amount of practitioners who are generously giving up their time and working on Reiki Ward, uh, and the number is somewhere around four or 500 practitioners, and uh, a lot of them will comment with the word sending, so that the people who know, uh, the people who have put in the request, know that there are practitioners, there are people working on their request, and there are people sending Reiki. I know a lot of people click the like button, but the like button really means nothing 
because um, the people who have put the request in don't know from that you liked it, whether it's that you like the post or that you're working on the post. So we encourage everyone, if you are sending Reiki for the benefit of Reiki Ward and the people who post on the ward, kindly put the word sending. It's one word, people. And this way, you give the people who have posted a request, you give them confirmation and validation that it is being worked on. So I thank all of you for doing that, and I thank all of you for participating and generously giving up your time and working on Reiki Ward to help us get the distance healing out there because there are so many people who need it. This week we got a couple of animal requests, which I love. Uh, it's always fun to help the animals because a lot of people don't think about it for animals, but by all means, animals. So you can request to yourself, your family, your friends, your animals, and um, post it on Reiki Ward and we'll, uh, we'll get to it. Tonight's topic is what is a spiritual practice and how does it help us, how it helps us to have in place a spiritual practice. Now, those who practice Reiki, our Reiki practitioners, know that by virtue of Reiki being what it is, this is our, this is one of the spiritual practices that we do every day. And um, in the words of our great sensei, Sensei Sui, Sui Sensei, Reiki is the secret method of inviting blessings, the spiritual medicine of many illnesses, which says a lot. It says that back then, when Reiki was discovered, Usui Sensei knew that this was a system, and as he said, the secret method of inviting blessings. And by blessing, what he meant was the blessing of healing and help, personal level and a spiritual level. Because as they're coming to find today, it's not just, doctor, heal my body, heal my physical body, because it's ill. They're realizing, and the Sui Sensei knew this, that physical manifestation of illness comes from a mental problem, issue, blockage, an emotional problem, issue, blockage, a spiritual problem issue blockage. So it's all body, mind, soul, connection. They're all connected. Your body is not separate from your mind. Your body is not separate from your emotions. Your body is not separate from your spiritual body or your spiritual portion of your aura. So they're all interconnected and these five principles of the Reiki principles which we call the precepts um, are used as guideposts 
to personal and spiritual development. The Juman, the Shirushi, mantras, symbols, as strategies to apply life to facilitate interpersonal harmony. So Reiki is a spiritual practice as well as a healing practice. Okay. Now, you might say, what then is a spiritual practice? The Spiritual Science Research Foundation defines spiritual practice as honest and sincere efforts done consistently on a daily basis to develop divine qualities and achieve everlasting happiness or bliss. See, secret method to invite happiness. It's in there. Another way of defining spiritual practice is our personal journey of going inward beyond our five senses, mind and intellect to experience the soul, or if you'd like to say, the divine that is within us. And I'm sure a lot of you know the uh, expression namaste, which means that which is divine within me sees that which is divine within you. And when we come together, we are one in that space. In the now, in this moment, we're in a of divinity, and we are one. Now, spiritually, spirituality exists in all traditions and cultures. You can put your spirituality into practice in your daily life through ordinary, everyday activity. Learn about how spiritual disciplines cultivate spirituality and five ways you can grow in your spiritual development. Spirituality includes your spiritual practices or spiritual disciplines, which may include prayer, meditation, chanting, breathing exercises, and ceremonies or rituals. Spirituality and your spiritual life include your daily interactions. Reciting the five precepts of Reiki every day, mantra and chanting, that is one way in which you're doing a daily spiritual practice. The same thing with practicing self-Reiki. You're doing a discipline. You're doing a practice. It's like a prayer, a meditation. There are breathing exercises in Reiki that we perform every day. And these, as you practice, you, you know, you, it gets better and opens you up and you grow. You're, you grow spiritually. You can also say that smiling at someone or at people on a daily basis, the people that you meet in the street, the people that you meet in your office, the people that you meet in stores, flash them a smile. That's practicing spirituality. Because that smile opens that person up 
brings healing to that person in the form of a positive energetic charge. You know how smiles are infectious, laughter is infectious? So that's a spiritual practice. So your spiritual development can only move forward if you focus on all aspects of your life. People who, who practice gratitude on a daily basis, when you wake up, and you say, thank you, God. And not enough of us do it. You know, when I wake up in the morning, I open my eyes. The first thing I know is I'm alive, and I thank God for that. <laughs> thank God for being alive. And then I know my eyes are open. I'm seeing things I can see. I hear birds outside chirping or what have you. I can hear and then I go to move my body to get out of bed, and everything's working, and everything's moving, and just for that, I'm grateful. So practicing gratitude is a practicing something, a practice of spirituality. In Care of Mind, Care of Spirit by Dr. Gerald G. May, MD, and theologian, he says that spiritual development is the growth of a person as a whole, your spirituality, interaction with others in your daily life, and spiritual disciplines and practices. Now, one of these practices, another one, is pray or meditate. Sounds pretty basic, right? Well, according to an expert in therapeutic recreation, psychiatric rehabilitation, and psychiatric treatment, you can increase your spiritual development with regular prayer or communication with the higher power. Spiritual development is a process that should be practiced and honed like any other ability. Praying more, meditating more, attending gatherings of like-minded people more often and joining a prayer or meditation group are just a few of the ways you can put your spirituality into practice. Another way is to give. Be generous. Give. Give what you can. Don't go crazy. Uh, and give of, you don't always have to give something monetary. You can give of your time. Volunteer. You know, you can grow in your spiritual development by helping and giving to others. Donate to charity, volunteer, offer what skills you have to those in need. You can give money or give your time. Either way, being more generous in your actions, behaviors, and personality will help your spiritual development. The next one, live healthier. You might not think of living healthy as a spiritual discipline or practice, but it is. Because as a multi-level being, and we mean physical, you're a physical being, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Those are four of your auric bodies, and they comprise the being you are. So as a multi-level being, you must take proper care of all of your levels. You know, you can't be always physical and forget about the mental you can't be physical and mental and just take the emotional body, the emotional part of you, and throw it out the window. And the same goes for the spiritual part. So 
you need to take care of all levels. And that's what creates balance. And that is what Reiki is also about, balance. I'm hearing lately that a lot of people don't realize the importance of balance. I know when the lesson came for me, I was kind of like, huh? I wasn't getting it. And my spirit guides kept saying, you need to balance. You need to balance. Because I was either all work, all work in the office, nine to five, Monday to Friday, or I was all spiritual and, and doing that and, you know, developing my, my, the psychic side of me, the spiritual side of me, or I was all Reiki teaching Reiki, doing Reiki, Reiki session, and it was all or nothing at all. So obviously when I was doing one thing, the other two were suffering. When I was doing two things, the other one was suffering. There was no balance. And Spirit kept saying to me, you have to balance. You have to get balance. And then I started to realize that that's what was missing, and I put it into practice. It was like you could do this a couple of hours of the day. You could do that a couple, but there must be a balance where you're dedicating some time every day to, and the same thing with the levels of us being multi-level beings. We want to dedicate some time each day to our physical side, our spiritual side, our mental side, and our emotional side. So we need to have some kind of spiritual discipline or practice. You have to eat better, exercise more, drop any kinds of vices that are damaging to your vessel because the bodies we have here, those are our vessels. If you damage your vessel, what's going to happen? You're not going to be around. Or if you are around, you're going to be too ill to help yourself or anyone. So, Treat the vessel as a sacred vessel. Stop smoking. Drink less alcohol. Live a healthier lifestyle in general. And it's recommended to complement your spiritual health with your physical health. Next one is focus on yourself. And a lot of Reiki practitioners are guilty of this. We don't focus on ourselves. We focus on everyone else that we want to help. We see someone who's in need of help, and we go running. And without forethought of ourselves, without presence or forethought for ourselves, we don't, we, you know, I can wait. You know, I'll go last. Someone needs me. And we get carried away. And lately... I keep reminding everyone, practitioners and students and even people who come for sessions, make sure that you're 100%. Make sure that you're you as a, as a vessel, as a picture of, of nourishment, that you're full first. Because just with a picture of water, if your water picture is not full, if you're not totally healthy and, and balanced yourself, and when someone else needs you or needs water in this case, you go to pour, there's nothing there. You're not going to be able to help. So focus on yourself. This doesn't mean going shopping for new clothes or getting your hair done or getting a manicure, which it's nice, but <laughs> the focus 
should be on your inner self rather than your outer self. Increase, to increase your spiritual development, you need to grow your spirituality. And you can do this by dedicating 10 to 20 minutes per day toward inward exploration. This inward exploration can be done through various spiritual disciplines, including prayer, meditation, or journaling. Now, a certified professional coach recommends the spiritual discipline of breathing exercises to increase your inner awareness, balance, and stillness. And I recommend to anyone do a three-minute meditation every morning. Do a five-minute if you can. But if, if three minutes is all you can do, that's fine. You know, a lot of people think that when you say the word meditation or you use the word meditation, you say, you know, you have to meditate. Oh, I can't sit down on the floor cross-legged. I don't know how to do that. My legs will hurt. And, you know, and, and I don't know all the mudras and the hand positions. And I don't have ting-shing bells. And I don't have incense. And I can't do it. And I don't know what to say. And, but you don't have to do anything. Just close your eyes. Sit in a comfortable chair. You can sit in a chair. And set a timer for like two minutes, three minutes, three minutes. Better. And just clear your mind. Just try not to think at all. Release and let go of any thoughts that are entering your mind. And I know it's difficult. I've been there. I've done that. And it's, it's the way to start. Um, but just clear your mind. If the laundry comes into your mind, send it right back out again. Say, not now. Bye. Go. If, uh, you know, your appointment, your calendar comes into your mind, same thing. Bye. Not now. See you later. And just focus on your breath. Inhale. Just focus on inhaling. Exhale. That's all you got to do for three minutes. And it's like clearing the cache on your computer. You know when your computer starts to slow down? Well, your mind starts to slow down too and, and your energy level and your focus. If you do this in the morning, it's like clearing your cache. And now you're ready to take on the day. Go web browsing like crazy. You know, the information that you put in your mind at your job, at your home, at school, you're going to fill it up again real fast. So it's better to get rid of all of yesterday's information so you can start new. Now, we have five easy tips to begin to decrease stress, calm your mind, deepen your spiritual connection, and increase your overall happiness and health. One of them is to spend time alone. Now, you find that so many people in this world they're afraid of spending time alone. <laughs> a, they feel lonely. B, if they have abandonment issues. C, they get bored with themselves. You know, it's not really uh, a fun thing for most people. And then you have people like me who I just love being alone. And I love being in the quiet. And because we're so, and even now, we're so indoctrinated to be moving, shaking, buzzing, doing all the time 
and we don't realize how this affects us as a whole. Like now with this Apple Watch that just came out, it's like I I can't stand it because everybody's hooked into their laptops, PCs uh, now because of cell phones, and you could do a lot of things on cell phones that you needed a computer to do. But now you have this little handy phone that you could get on the internet with, and just, so everybody is doing activity now on their cell phones. There's no way to shut it all off. And as if that wasn't bad enough, now they have this watch that does everything outside of cook a pot of soup. And it keeps your mind going. And while it's good to keep your mind going, nobody wants to develop Alzheimer's from inactivity of the mind. Too much mental stimulation is just as bad as too little. So we're always on. There's no downtime. You know what happens to your batteries when you when you use something? Computer, laptop, cell phone. If it's on all the time and you never power it down, it will die. Or the battery will die. Because nothing can just keep going and going and going and going and never shut down. To resuscitate, to rest, to re-energize. So spending time alone helps us do those things, resuscitate, rest, re-energize, relax. Now, one of these, uh, one of the ways we avoid suffering is to fill our lives with a lot of busyness, which is why we do that too, because we don't have to look at the things in our lives that we don't like. We stay busy. We don't have to see the things we don't want to see. Some people who have very busy schedules, you know, will tell you, you say, oh, God, you're so busy. Like, yeah, well, it's better than being bored. I will confess to you all, I have never, ever, ever been bored in my entire life. And I have 58 years on this planet. And never in 58 years have I ever been bored. And... Spiritually speaking, it's good to allow a little bit of boredom in. It's a super powerful way to watch our tendency to want to create something to do, somewhere to go, someone to be with. We fill our lives to avoid going deeper, going within. And that's another thing a lot of people don't like to do. However, going within helps you grow personally and spiritually in tremendous ways. In actuality, it's in those moments of stepping past the uncomfortable silence that we start to see and feel the inner essence of who we really are. I recommend to a lot of my counseling clients, go have the talk with the mirror. Because if you sit in front of a mirror and you have a chat with yourself and be totally honest and open about things that upset you, things that frustrate you, things that you don't like the way they're going in your life. And yeah, like I said, if you're totally honest, you will get answers. You might not like them, <laughs> but you will get answers. And when you get those answers, like it or not, more so if you don't like it, you'll open up a path to realization of what you need to do. And soon you'll start to notice how much you live 
in the antics of your mind, or in what they call the monkey mind, ever-chattering, busy, buzzing monkey mind going in the past, going in the future, and not in the present moment. The key to peace and happiness is nothing external. It's actually just being fully present. So many people are looking for love in the external. Meanwhile, if they would sit and have a chat with themselves, they would see, well, the first thing they would see is that they don't love themselves. They don't have self-love inside of them. They don't have it in their heart. They don't have it in their soul, which is why they constantly search outwardly for someone to give them the love that they're missing, the love that they are not giving themselves. It's a void. They're trying to fill that void. And it's so simple. They're not realizing that they have the power. You have the power to fill yourself with love, with self-love. God, Buddha, Allah, whoever, the divine. I call it divine source. Divine source is there to help you. Divine source loves you. Divine Source wants you to recognize that love and and know that Divine Source loves you and wants to fill you with love. We're too busy looking outside to realize that. But that's where it starts. And when you realize you are loved by Divine Source, what greater love could there be? Everybody's looking for a guy, a girl, or whatever. Mere mortal, they want love from. But what greater love than to be loved by divine source and therefore feel that love within you and know that you are loved and you are love. Originally, we were all love, and that's changed because we forgot all the chattering, all the running around, all the monkey mind stuff, all the craziness made us forget. So, spirit will guide you to the books you need to read for your spiritual growth in the now. And, you know, reading is a great way to learn. While our transformation needs to be experiential, part of our growth happens while philosophically learning from others. I love to take courses and learn. Learning is Aside from Reiki, I think learning is my next favorite thing. Just listen and trust. Another way is to move your body. Yoga. I love yoga. Yoga changed my life. At the beginning, I was like, I can never twist myself into that kind of pretzel, whatever. But doing yoga at my own pace, the way I can, what I can do, was amazing. And now... When I don't do it, I miss it. And even if you just stretch, if you do stretching exercises, uh, qigong, tai chi, I love doing qigong. And, um, you know, it's a wonderful thing. If yoga doesn't speak to you, then take a dance class. Take a martial art. Start a fitness routine that you love and makes you feel good. Look at all these people doing Zumba. 
because it's Latin dancing and exercise combined. It's great. I love it. Uh, the idea is to release tension and increase your connection to your physical body. Fourth is align with like-minded souls, other like-minded souls. As the saying goes, you are the company you keep. This can be difficult when you're beginning on the spiritual path because your current friends, and especially family, may not understand what you're up to. They say you're the weirdo in the family or whatever. This is where you may start to doubt or question the changes you're feeling. And this is where a yoga studio or meditation group or, you know, exercise group uh, comes in handy. And the people you meet there will become new friends and your new circle. They've either been there already or going through it. Connect with them. You'll need a mentor and a tribe to guide you through your journey. Number five, step out of your comfort zone. You may find yourself in a room full of people chanting in Sanskrit, being asked to stand on your head or sit on the ground for a cross-legged for a half hour. You may find yourself perusing spiritual bookstores or going to meditation practice rather than out for happy hour. You may begin to have creative desires that you never knew you had or feeling more fearless to take a travel adventure on your own. These practices may be unlike anything you've ever done before. Scary, weird, a little bit uncomfortable, but that's okay because as you stay open, and you surrender, and you accept and allow whatever the universe has in store for you. Because the universe will only have things in store for you, which are for your best and highest good. This is the place where magic happens. This is the place where you let go. So many people want to be in control, and they want control of everything. And the bottom line is we have no control. And no one, no one really knows what's best for them. The universe knows what's best for us. Now, the thing is, we don't know. Like that movie, what the bleep do we know? We don't know. So isn't it better to just surrender and, and know that the universe will guide you and get yourself in the now, in the present, and just make a commitment to go with the flow makes more sense, right? I'm going to take a short break and I'll be back. The Heart Truth is a campaign sponsored by the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute to raise awareness about heart health. One thing that everyone can do to support heart health is to get moving. Health and fitness expert Dr. Pamela Peake says that small steps can lead to big benefits. Throughout the day, just get up and move more. Park your car in the farthest parking spot. Find any excuse to walk as you live your busy life. The key to heart health is regular physical activity and a balanced diet. I help get my patients educated and motivated to stay active every single day. That's why I'm behind the Heart Truth Campaign and those who partnered with it, like Diet Coke. 
Join them this month as they work to educate, inspire, and motivate by visiting dietcoke.com slash heart truth. This is Annie Lennox of Eurythmics for RAD. Please don't drink and drive. And don't drive if someone else has been drinking. Thank you. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Ristita De Jesus. And I'm Robert Deal. We're the founders of the Seika Network on Blog Talk Radio, and you're listening to Violet Reiki Radio. Packers. Vikings. We come from different places. Uptown. Downtown. We come to different conclusions. Half empty. Half full. But when we live united, we make a real difference in the building blocks of life. Children succeed in school. Families gain financial stability. The health of our neighbors improves, and suddenly so do our communities. Real change won't happen without you. Live United. So give, advocate, volunteer. Live United. Sign up today at liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. This is Namdi Asamoa. I play football for the Philadelphia Eagles, but what I do off the field with United Way might be more important. I'm a volunteer tutor and mentor. Why? Because over a million kids a year drop out of school, and that's not okay. It takes 12 years to create a graduate, but it takes about the same time to create a dropout. And the difference between a child becoming one or the other could be me, or it could be you. Studies show that if we get to these kids earlier, their chances are better. And kids who read well by third grade are more likely to graduate. So join me in United Way. Suit up and take the pledge. Become a volunteer reader, tutor, or mentor. Because when a child succeeds, we all succeed. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Take the pledge at unitedway.org. Brought to you by United Way, the Ad Council, and the National Football League. We now return to Violet Reiki Radio with your host, Rose Jimenez. You're listening to Violet Reiki Radio on the Seika Network through blogtalkradio.com with your host, Reiki Shihan Rose Jimenez, your source for all things Reiki. 
in love, light, and healing. Hi, everybody. We are back. Um, A common definition of spiritual practice or spiritual discipline is the regular or full-time performance of actions and activities undertaking for the purpose of cultivating spiritual development. A common metaphor used in the spiritual traditions of the world's great religions is that of walking a path. Therefore, a spiritual practice moves a person along a path towards a goal. The goal is variously referred to as salvation and in personal development, spiritual, personal development, personal growth, uh, spiritual development, and spiritual growth, it is actually, um, it is a path, and it is salvation of sorts. So, practicing spirituality for personal growth, two important goals of becoming more spiritual are growth and evolution. Yet with or without any specific spiritual efforts, human beings continue to evolve and grow. This drive is programmed into the very nature of all life, an innate pull toward growth, evolution, and transformation. And you might say, if everything is happening by itself, why not just coast along for the ride? Not lift a finger, not do anything. Well, here are the reasons. By intentionally doing spiritual practices, you actively support your personal growth and therefore working in harmony with the universe. Growth is inherently challenging no matter how you do it. But if you work with the universe, as I said before, flow, just get in flow with the now, with the present flow down the river of the universe and you can't go wrong. Um, Growth, like I said, your progress will be smoother and more fruitful. The universe won't have to throw unending disasters and challenges into your life to force you to grow. Life becomes more peaceful and more balanced and more exciting at the same time. You ever wonder why things happen to you over and over and over again? It's because you're not learning the lesson. You're not getting with the program that the universe has in store for you. You want to do it your way before. What the bleep do we know? It's not our way. We are mere mortals, mere humans. Whatever gave us the thought that we were gods and goddesses and we know everything. Mere humans. (laughs) We know nothing. You can be a happy human if you just go with the flow and surrender. The more you try and fight to have something go the way you've planned, the way you've anticipated, the way you've expected, 
more troubles you're going to have. I'm sure there are times in your life where you felt as though the universe was beating you up or cracking you over the head with a two-by-four or throwing up walls in front of you every step you wanted to take. You've tried to help yourself. You came up with all these ideas, but that's not the way. That's not your path. You're jumping off your path and you're going on somebody else's path or you're going on a different path that's going to lead you into the woods. You're not staying on your own path. Staying on your own path, you're going within, you're examining yourself, you're taking quiet time, you're meditating, you're tapping into your connection with the universe. You're being guided. You're allowing yourself to be guided by your intuition, which is your direct line to the universe. That intuition I call your internal GPS. Why is it your internal GPS? Well, everybody needs a navigation system, right? Cars have it. Why can't humans have it? So the GPS, otherwise known as your intuition, GPS in this case stands for guided perfectly by spirit. If you tap into the intuition, you're going to get the messages from spirit that you need. So saying, I want to become spiritual, is like saying, I want to become healthy. Your focus and determination can definitely help to achieve this goal, but it's also important to practice habits that are conducive to becoming healthy or spiritual. If you want to become healthy, you have to know which kinds of foods are best to eat, how much water to drink, how much exercise. Similarly, if you're looking for spiritual unfolding, you have to know what qualities, disciplines, and practices will guide you to make choices, thoughts, and actions that reveal your spiritual nature. Effort is the fuel that keeps you from moving forward to keeps you moving forward on your journey of personal and spiritual evolution. Of course, you have to also be aware of which direction your effort is directed. Therefore, the goal of spiritual practices is twofold. Knowing what you want, empowering what you want. Both of these aspects are essential and must come together. The wisdom and guidance to go in the right direction and the power to move in that direction. Doing practices for body, mind, and spirit. Practicing daily. You can use spiritual practices to purify, strengthen, and elevate your body, mind, and spirit. All three are connected. For example, your practices to purify and strengthen your body also support the increased flows of energy that come from your mental and spirit-based practices. Practices in your body could include yoga postures, breathing, energy balances to make your temple of God, which is your body, your vessel, a worthy vessel to contain and carry the great energy of divine source. Practices to your mind. These practices include meditation, contemplation, repetition of mantras, study of spiritual teachings and affirmations, all of which polish the mirror of your mind so it can reflect divine light more clearly and brightly. And then you can be, as we say in Reiki, the great bright light, daikomyo. 
Practices for your spirit include reverential rituals, prayer, chanting, singing of hymns, and other devotional efforts that invigorate your love, willpower, surrender, and faith. Strengthening your willpower. Spiritual disciplines test and strengthen your willpower. For example... You may decide to meditate for a half hour every morning, but then some mornings you want to sleep in or you're thinking about quitting meditation early to go have a nice breakfast. These willpower struggles give you a chance to increase your power of self-control. Self-control is like a muscle that you strengthen through meeting challenges with your willpower. Each time you meet a challenge... Well, the next challenge gets a bit more difficult. Meet that. And each one, you know the saying, that which does not defeat you only serves to make you stronger. Think of the strength you will have at the end. And even those of us who feel we've been through so much, we're titanium, we can still be made stronger. There are more challenges coming. Just go. And take those challenges on and meet them because you know you can. Gaining more self-control in one area gives you the strength to free yourself from other harmful habits you might wish to drop in the future. Suppose you're considering ending your meditation early. You're sitting quietly, repeating your mantra, watching your breath, your thoughts, quieting the mind, and suddenly there appears an image of a lovely breakfast platter with eggs, bacon, toast piping hot cup of tea. Yum. You try and push the image aside, but your mind is drawn into thoughts of tantalizing aromas, flavors, textures. At this point, you may think, well, I'm not exactly focused on meditation now. Anyway, may as well end it early and get out my day. That part of the game is where your mind makes excuses to convince you to fulfill, to fill your immediate desires. Now, I've learned if it's a desire, if it's a want, this is not coming from spiritual part of you. This is coming from ego. Desires and wants are ego-based. You don't want to have a life that's ego-based. You want to have a life that is spirit-based. The important thing to notice is where your will meets the pull of the desired object. Your will is saying, hey, I made a commitment to myself to meditate, but the eggs are saying, come here, I'm delicious, you know you want me. <laughs> this moment is uncomfortable, but very magical. One in which you can use your willpower and intention to create a new pattern and strengthen your resolve. In the midst of your inner struggle, there comes a time when you may be just about ready to get in. And in that moment, you can take control using the force of your will to say no to the desire. You can stay focused in your commitment to meditate for the full half hour. This is just like exercising the muscles or your muscles or your mind. Every time you conquer that pull of your senses, you become more in charge, more in control. And... A lot of times in counseling sessions of late, I'm advising my clients to realize that the only thing that they have total control over is themselves. And 
A lot of people like to control others, micromanagers, what have you. And they want to control people. But even those people, they have no control over themselves. Everything starts with you. Everything starts inside. Loving yourself, being happy with yourself, making yourself a better person, being the best you can be. Everything starts inside. And if we give in to those those desires and those wants, and if we want to kind of chicken out and be lazy, we can always blame things on other people. But we have the power. We have the control. It's just applying it, practicing it every day. Practice makes perfect. Practice, practice, practice. And it all starts with you. And know you can do it. And just get out there and do it. Start with you and then go and spread the word. Spread the love. Spread the support. And the world will be a much better place. I hope you enjoyed tonight's show. What is a spiritual practice and how it helps us. And we'll be back next Thursday at 9 p.m. And thank you all so much for listening. See you next week. Have a great weekend, everybody.